Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I wasn't actually waiting for that. It took me a long time to twist the knob to the on position. So don't anybody be thinking I'm getting the big head. Good morning, Upstate. <clears throat> this is the Tara Show, but it's it's, it's President's Day, so Tara's, Tara's taking a little time off. Here I am. Uh, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-347-1063. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I saw a couple of texts that I'm going to address real quick. Like I'm being asked about something called constitutional carry, which isn't actually constitutional carry. It's actually permitless carry. And um, South Carolina has had permitless carry come up more than one. And what this means basically is that if you, by law, can legally buy a gun, then you, by law, don't have to get permission from the state to carry a gun. Now, the problem for all of you out there that haven't been paying attention to this is that the problem with permitless carry in the state of South Carolina is that we don't have leaders. South Carolina should be first in everything. We just have a bunch of politicians down there looking around to see what everybody else is doing. And then they're not looking around enough because Florida could very well become the 26th state that has permitless carry. Half of the country already has permitless carry. And no... That doesn't mean that criminals can carry guns because it's already illegal for criminals to carry guns if they're actually a prohibited person. And no, that doesn't mean that the police are too stupid to figure out who's the good guy and the bad guy because 25 other states, they seem to be doing it really well. And no, that doesn't mean that we're going to get into some gunfights in the Walmart parking lot over the closer parking spaces because it's already been done. It's already happened. And yet, if it does get brought up, mark my words, you'll hear every one of those things I just said, if you were to pay attention to the debate. The other one, now this is just funny. Where did that go? <laughs> All right, if you vertically compress one of the rabbit marshmallow peeps, it looks like the, uh, the North Korean dictator, which means that somebody did that. Somebody took the time to do that. <laughs> and yes, there's another large balloon out there somewhere hovering and loitering around Hawaii. And, uh, okay. Anyway, let's go, but let, let's talk about, should we be who the beauty of Trump for me as president was that Trump was not a nice guy. He is not a nice guy. I don't know how much edge he's got now. Trump sort of got, he after he lost the presidency, it became really about his ego. But having a, it would be splendid if it turns out that legislatively, if DeSantis became president, he had some of those combative tendencies that Trump had. Because now, now we're talking about a serious operator that knows how to deal in government, knows how to do things in government, is not afraid 
to to go against the press, not afraid to go against the woke. Couldn't care less what anybody thinks about him. Just says, hey, I was elected to do a job. So I'm going to do the job. Because due to the way our form of government happens nowadays, a president is really the most temp of employees. Because you got lifetime appointments in the judiciary. You got people that get elected to Congress that seem to think that that's their seat and they'll be in it till they die. They'll be in it when they can't coherently speak. They'll be in it when they can't show up to vote, but it's still their seat. Presidents, well, they come and go. How many presidents has been in office since Lindsey Graham has been a senator, for example? So this hideous notion that we should be nice, it's always coming up, and it's, it's a stupid notion. Recently, Matt Walsh, he's a commentator, went off on some woman face imposter who looked like a wimpy boy pretending to be a fugly girl, and some alleged conservatives clutched at the same pearls that he, she likes to wear. Because Matt was mean. Our junior senator, Tim Scott, seems poised to enter the presidential race on a platform of being nice. And he is nice. He's very well thought out. I've spoke with him a few times. That's fine. Except like many conservatives, he misunderstands the purposes of being nice. Because being nice is not an end unto itself. Neither being nice or being mean is the objective. The objective is to defeat these communist demons and reestablish a free, strong, and prosperous America. And niceness and meanness are just tactics. But by focusing on the tactic, the weak and the feckless can avoid facing up to the hard work of obtaining the objective. It's never about the objective. If your metric is how nice or mean you are, you never have to explain why you don't ever seem to attain the objective. We got worse from 2001 to 2008, but George W. was nice. He was a gentleman, so it was fine. And that's pretty much the entire GOP modus operandi until 2016, when the base chose mean and victory over nice and defeat. A thousand points of light. Kinder and and gentler. Compassionate conservative. Those are all the sounds of failure. How nice we are or how mean we are is not the issue. The issue is how effective we are. And these spineless losers that managed America's decline for decades while retreating to the purported moral high ground of niceness. Those of us concerned with the Margaret Dumonts and their oh well I nevered are left to clean up the mess. But it's always like that. Some of us have to do the dirty work to make the world safe for the sissies. And then the sissies moan about how uncouth we are. And I have no problem at all living with that. But here's the thing. Many of the people who tell you not to be mean have been plenty hard in other aspects of their life. George H.W. Bush was a Navy flyer and he dropped bombs on people. His son indirectly dropped bombs on lots of people with varying degrees of justification. Monocle-wearing rich guy Mitt Romney never flinched as thousands of our jobs got shipped overseas. And when it came to Trump, or those of us who supported Trump, their niceness fetish went out the window. They chose to be nice in order to avoid arguments within the establishment. Being nice 
is a way to avoid uncomfortable conflict among the ruling class. They're genuinely nice, but misguided people out there like Tim Scott, but for folks like the establishment swells, nice is all a pose and a lie. So the fact that we should not default to niceness, which for the establishment reads as weakness and submission, does not mean that niceness, real niceness, cannot or should not be part of the toolbox. I like hammers, but sometimes you need a screwdriver. Niceness is a tool, but it is never the objective. California got bail reform, and California has triple the crime now. That when we get back, you're listening to 106.3 WORD. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right. The GS Plumbing Talk line is 1-800-347-1063. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Um, We are in the middle of watching most of the major cities because most of the major cities, for whatever reason, even here in South Carolina, Columbia is run by Democrats. And all the cities that are run by Democrats are seeing Really bad spikes in crime. Um, just the other day, due to defunding the police and a few other things that have happened in Austin, Texas, they basically lost control of the city when uh, when they had a bunch of street racers take over an intersection and they could do nothing about it. There just were not enough cops to do something about it. Now, I look upon what they're doing right now as a tactic, like being mean or nice. One of the things they've decided to do is to uh, get out there and get out there and create a, a wave for you. And this is how the wave works. They've got bail reform, which is, you know, in some of the bigger cities like in uh, Chicago and LA and uh, New York City, they can commit a crime, they get picked up, they get taken in, they get booked. While the cops are still filling out the stuff, they get sent right out the door. They're just back out on the street just in no, no time at all. You've got a class of district attorneys or, or prosecutors in cities that have decriminalized entire categories of crime. You have defunded the police and demoralized the police you have extremely restrictive gun policy in place to where regular people have a very hard time carrying a gun for self-defense. 
Now, that's creating this wave of events that I honestly think the Democrats are waiting on in certain places for the populace to turn to them and say, listen, we don't care how many of our rights we have to give up. We don't care how much of our stuff we have to, we, we have to let go of. Just protect us from the crime. It's very scary. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's problematic. This is the Cloward and Piven train of thought where they overload a system to a degree to where it can no longer function and it collapses. And then the socialists that are waiting in the, in the, in the, in the wings for you to run to them and to beg for their benevolent protection. Well, then they sweep in and they just take over. And you just gave it to them because you were so afraid. Now, I don't think that's going to happen around here, right? I think we'll probably watch it on TV. But just from the other day, I don't know if you saw this, but I mean, Keith Olbermann, who I don't know, I think he has an audience now of dozens. Um, <laughs> is that mean of me to say that? I'm so mean. Anyway, he got out there and he was calling for a economic civil war. Which normally you would say out of the mouth of babes, but in this case it's out of the mouth of a moron. Anybody calling for any sort of a civil war is an idiot. And yet, some of the things that he advocates would become kinetic, which means that's kinetic is bad. Whenever you hear somebody from the military going, well, that turned into a kinetic situation, that means that somebody needed to bring in a mop and some tourniquets. That's bad. Kinetic is bad. So um, looking at California, California wants the rest of us to be the United States of California, and they have adopted a zero bail policy. And the people that are getting out on zero bail, uh, they get out, they, they reoffend more quickly, which is a nice way of saying that they commit 200 times more violent crimes than before when they actually had bail. And now even the, like the district attorney of Yolo County, which, you know, whenever I think Yolo, you only live once, he's out there saying, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it is a horrible idea because we've turned the, the criminals into victims and the victims are just damaged and they, they, they don't matter. They do not matter. They do not matter. One of the things I was always astounded at, I mean, if I really was going to buy into Black Lives Matter, they would have had to have gone into the inner city of Chicago for me or Baltimore or New York. And they would have had to have gone into gangland and gotten out there going, brothers, sisters, Black Lives Matter. But they didn't do that. It was all a grift. It was all a grift. It was a grift so that our mayor would take a knee with them, you know? All a grift. So, looking at California, which California has everything that the leftists want. Right now, suspects released without bail are rearrested 163% more. They get more charges than those who post bail. 
and they reoffend 70 70% more often and those reoffenses resulted in felony charges 90% more often and they are accused of three times as many violent crimes and a violent crime is one of four categories armed robbery assault with a weapon deadly weapon rape or homicide now which one of those are you willing to sacrifice yourself to on the altar of political correctness no Nobel suspects are on average arrested on new charges with when within 129 days which is 56 days sooner than those who posted bail suspects who post bail have a financial stake in their freedom and their cooperation with the court But here, here's what we have. Right now, nobody's doing anything about this. Nobody's doing anything about this. Um, let's talk about the story of Mary-Kate Tibbetts. She was killed in her own Sacramento home in 2021. Now, that year, a guy named Troy Davis, 54, he was accused of murder, rape, malicious maiming of animals, and arson after he broke into 60, this 60-year-old lady's house attacked her, killed her dogs, and lit the building on fire. He'd gone free without bail months earlier on a car theft charge and, and skipped one court date before the attack. And they arrested him a day after the slaying and revealed he was also an ex-con out on parole with outstanding felony warrants. They're letting predators loose, and they're coming in on people, and they're just killing them. And... Who does the family now? So when the state does that, who does the family go to to sue over that, over that malfeasance of office? Who 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 goes after this? And in California, this has been this has been you know they have propositions forty seven and fifty seven, which reduce certain crimes and misdemeanors and lower the number of inmates in state prisons. So they're always fighting a quota. You know, when we get to, okay, we can only have 5,000 people in prisons. Hey, well, this guy right here, he just killed 16 people and smeared their bodies with Thousand Island dressing. Well, he's got to go free because we can only have 5,000 people. So in California, they got a lot of blood on their hands. A lot of blood on their hands. And nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody's doing anything about it. The same people in those states will continue to vote for those guys that are in office right now that made these laws. That happened, and, and that's going to happen in every, and I don't go with the whole blue state, red state thing anymore either, because when I was in the military, the friendly forces were the blue forces. And I think somebody got out there and said, you know, if we referred to ourselves as the blue states, that would make us seem so, so much more benevolent. Well, no. You guys are the red, chi right? red Chinese as far as I'm concerned. You're the commies. So anyway, all of those states that have all of these things happening, right now that have the red flag laws where they don't have a due process and they'll come after you. And if you carry a gun anywhere where you're not supposed to carry a gun, Oh my God, you're in big trouble. And that's anywhere in New York. Now, everywhere is a sensitive area. Everywhere is a sensitive area, but where they have taken crime and decriminalized it, the people paying the price are the regular people. And crime is indiscriminate. Crime is lazy, but it's indiscriminate. I mean, uh, you know, and but does it matter? Does it matter what color somebody is if they're attacking you? Does that matter? It shouldn't. Shouldn't matter at all. But 
We're going to look at something that inadvertently proves my case when we get back. You're listening to 106.3 WORD. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-347-1063. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I'm not trying to ignore anybody on the text line. Some of you are just so fast on that. I can't keep up with you. I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive. Now, a lot of people get out there and um, <laughs> they claim, well, it's not really a claim. I look at most of the things the left do as a exercise in misdirection, as the way Houdini convinced people he could do the things he did, misdirection. The whole thing about gun crime is misdirection, and this is not me being a Second Amendment advocate. I, I It isn't necessarily that I think carrying a gun is cool or anything else. It's actually, it can be quite uncomfortable given time. But here's the thing about the gun control thing. They're always trying to prove to you that you don't need one. They're always trying to prove to you that the one thing that makes the United States unique among other nations on this planet is really something that's just a mistake. It's, 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 uh, it's an aberration. We should be above it. And we should, we should be above killing each other. That should not be a threat that we have to deal with. But it is, and, that's, and it's never going to change because we're talking about the nature of man now, right? We're talking about human, the human condition. Now, Harvard, yes, Harvard, they got out there and they did a recent study that claims that states with tougher gun control showed lower levels of murder and suicide. And the news media outlets were all over this. But well, they missed a critical phrasing in their report. You see, Great Britain has more violent crime per 100,000 than we do. Now that's, of course, we, we, we've gone up a little bit since the time I saw this stat. But in 2019, I think our violent crimes per 100,000 was like 367. And Great Britain's was 2012. And... It's the same thing that's happening in these, uh, these very restrictive states. The critical phrase in their report, they had less suicide and murder by gun. But their murder and suicide rates were not lower overall. In most cases, they were higher. So I ask you a question. Is there, do you have the moral high, would you hold the moral high ground? If a murderer breaks into your house and beats your head in with a brick, then if he shoots you, does it matter to you how he kills you? Does it matter if a woman is raped and she's only threatened with being strangled versus being shot? Does it matter if you're robbed and you're robbed with a knife versus a gun? Does it matter if you're assaulted with a mailbox versus a gun? See, Harvard took a look at firearm ownership, 
gun law, violent crime, and suicide rates around the world. And they found that more guns do not equate to more deaths and fewer guns do not equate to fewer deaths. But that's not surprising when you realize that someone who wants to kill themselves or other people will find a way to do it no matter what, whether they have a gun or not. As a matter of fact, the people that find other ways to do it are normally much more dangerous and they do all kinds of things that are all kinds of violent. If you look at gun ownership in the U.S., Norway, Finland, Germany, France, and Denmark, you would find out that the rate of murder and suicide has nothing to do whether somebody has access to a gun or not. The murder rate in the U.S. is the exception, not the rule, when comparing homicide rates to gun ownership rates. In Luxembourg, guns are banned, but the country's murder rate is nine times that of Germany's, despite Germany having gun ownership rates 30,000 times higher than Luxembourg. The USSR took everybody's guns away, but by the 1990s, the USSR had the highest murder and suicide rate in the world. I mean, the USSR got really violent towards the end. I mean, it, I mean, really violent. They had a they had a phenomena happening where they called it dumpstering, where they would kill somebody and then dismember them and then throw the pieces in the dumpster. And then they would find that, and they would take inventory, and that would be an, another unsolved murder in the USSR. The UK banned most guns, but then the murder rate involving knives went up. People had just switched tools. Homicide results suggest that where guns are scarce, other weapons are substituted for the killings. Where have I heard that before? But they also conclude that where firearms are most dense, violent crimes are lowest, and where guns are least dense, violent crimes are highest. But this leads us to another thing. We've had more new people buying guns now than ever before. And that's because of defunding the police and bail reform and all these other things that I've already mentioned. And where do, where, where do they draw that line? See, here's the problem. They've been the the left decided that Antifa would uh, would be a means to their end. Because if we don't show up to vote, for example, right? If we're intimidated into not showing up to vote, if we turn the corner and we see the the black block dressed kids out there, we're going to turn around and go try to get away. We're not going to stand there and and con confront them. But here comes the problem. All these things that they're doing, including trying to get you to give up your freedoms. And it's not just guns. They want your freedom of speech, too. They want your money. It's not just guns. Fear will drive people to do some crazy things, believe me. But that's what they're trying to gin up, fear. I'll tell you what this could lead to when we get back. You're listening to 106.3 WORD. All right. The... GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-347-1063.
The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Um, you know, looking at the, for example, let's look at the Michigan State University uh, rampage shooters just there. That guy was out because he got pled down because he should have been, he should, he'd already committed various crimes with weapons and he should not have been able to buy a weapon. He wasn't connected to anybody at the school. Didn't know anybody at school, never worked at the school. And as soon as this happens, the Michigan state government starts talking about gun control. This is always teed up. Now, gun control, this should be gun control. Look at gun control the same way you looked at supporting Trump. Because these are all avatars for things that the left doesn't like about you. Having a car is an avatar for the things people don't like about you. When you have a car, you can go where you want. And they don't like that. They would like it if you didn't have a car. They would like it if uh, if uh, if you lived in a place where you never had to, to do anything except walk. This is why the World Economic Forum looks out there and says, you're not going to own anything. You're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. And you're going to eat bugs. And you're going to be happy. Because the World Economic Forum and the left, and the communists, and everybody else out there that's lined up against you right now today looks at your freedom as an aberration to their control. Owning guns, of course, is part of that. The, the, the gun controllers, the whole reason for gun control is to advance the leftist agenda. No other reason than that. It has nothing to, it has nothing to do with your public safety. It has nothing to do with crime prevention or crime punishment. As a matter of fact, the criminals in the leftist world are the victims. And you, as part of the patriarchy, no matter who you are, if you are a black American female that works in a regular, traditional job, you're part of the patriarchy. <laughs> and, 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 and all of this other stuff. Um, that's a problem. We, we can't have freedom. And here's a good, I mean, fentanyl. Thanks for that text. Fentanyl kills 100,000 people a year plus. And yet our president, who for some reason is on the ground in the Ukraine right now, has opened the border. This is all with a, with a goal in mind. I think I, I think I want to do this again. So give me a second and let me reset, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to 106.3 WORD. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.